Hey guys, thanks for tuning into another episode of the Live Rich Movement with Erica Lasan. Change can be hard, but it can also be a beautiful and liberating experience when you stop fighting it and learn to embrace it. So this week, we're getting down to the heart of letting go. In today's discussion, we'll be shedding light on areas of life where we typically fight change and how doing so can often do more damage than good. Make sure you cozy up and keep listening throughout the entire episode because I'll also be sharing a simple three-step method to start activating the art of letting go in your life with joy today. Hey guys, how are you doing? What's up and how has your week been? We're still in the month of January and with this, we are still focusing on decluttering. If you've been following this month's episodes, we've been talking about decluttering mind, body, and home, decluttering your vision and gaining clarity for the year moving ahead. So we're gonna keep this conversation going by discussing the art of letting go this week. And the reason why I titled this episode The Heart of Letting Go is because sometimes we ourselves need to be okay with letting things go. Like it's a legit art form. So much of our heart is tied up in matters that we can't even control. And when we get into situations like this, it can leave us as humans, whether you're a woman, whether you're a man, whoever you are, whether you're young or old, It can leave us as humans um, feeling really hopeless and like we don't have the power to take control of our own lives. But I want to let y'all know that that is a belief that we build for ourselves. We are so capable as human beings. We are so powerful. And the moment that we are able to let go of things that no longer serve us is the moment that we're then able to step into our power and show up in the light of our purpose. So today's conversation is really about gaining peace with what was so that you can progress forward with what is so that you can manifest joy in what's to come. (laughs) I know that that is probably a mouthful, but that's the whole idea here. And since decluttering is still the theme for this month, um, we're going to keep with this conversation in letting go. This particular conversation about letting go, though, is inspired by a faith-fueled, purpose-propelled chat that I did on my Instagram page um, last year in May of 2021. And so uh, I'll be playing a little bit of an audio clip from that faith-fueled, purpose-propelled live. If you hear a little bit of a change in the audio, that's the reason why. Afterwards, we'll be talking about three areas where we typically avoid letting go for fear of change. All right, but I'm going to stop talking and I'm just going to roll the clip. So here we go. I've been getting rid of a lot of stuff recently. Like I I keep talking about this tiny home and this schoolie that I really, really want to um, get going at some point. I've really started activating the vision. I've been mapping things out, considering resources, uh, drawing, like where things will go. But then also just trying to get in the mindset of just having less. Um, And it's so funny because I think about it now, how I'm just really willing to get rid of all of my stuff. Like I really don't want things and getting rid of the clothes and getting rid of just things that we hold on to. Y'all know what I'm saying? Like 
How many of you just hold on to things? And, un and un unconsciously too. I remember the Bible verse where the Lord found his, found his disciples, um, some of them, and he told them that they needed to leave their stuff, like leave everything that you have and come with me. And I remember reading that as a child and being like, but Lord, like they need things. They need, they need their like, they need clothes. They need a, they, to get some money ready for their trip. They need to say goodbye to their people. Like, what shoes are they wearing? What, what, what outfits are they packing? I don't know. You know, this is a young child, young mentality, but also just kind of how we think in life, right? You need to have stuff to prepare you for your journey, whatever that journey is going to be. And I feel like even now as an adult, up until uh, maybe about three years ago, that was kind of still the same mentality. But I realized that that is, it's learned, right? So in thinking that you need to have stuff in order to get to where it is that you're going, that will hold you back like all the time. It will always hold you back because rather than looking ahead, you're looking behind and also not realizing that the stuff that you're bringing is just stuff that's gonna weigh you down. The stuff that you're bringing may not even be the things that are gonna prepare you for the journey that's ahead. Because you're so busy holding on to this stuff, you can't even release or have room to hold the new stuff that would be coming to you, you know? So it's really important that like, we realize that stuff is just that, stuff. If you are journeying to purpose, and I always say joy, journey, like J-O-Y, joy, Ernie, get it, journey, journey to purpose, then you are living in your gifts, you're living in your talents, you're allowing, um, who you are to carry you and propel you to whatever your purpose is rather than thinking that you need things like you don't need stuff if, if there's anything that you need to prepare you for your journey forward it's a the right mindset your gifts your talents and a willingness to live in faith over fear Those are the only three things that you need and in doing so and in having those tools, then you'll be able to create whatever it is that you want and do so limitlessly because you're not bogged down by the stuff, the clutter. Live more with less. And that idea comes from knowing that if you just take the first step in the process, whatever the process looks like for you, um, and if you take those first steps in joy, it just opens up the world for you in ways that you never would have imagined. The things that you would have been thinking you needed, you'll find are the things that would have kept you from whatever your destiny and your purpose really are. Before, I used to work in fashion and styling, um, doing visual merchandising. I remember at one point, I just was accumulating stuff. Like when it came to like clothes and fashion, like I didn't buy into trends, but I always felt like I needed to have like more be like more outfits so that I wasn't repeating things like more shoes to accessorize with the outfits more 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 like the the idea once upon a time that I have had as a child like having like this super huge big house or like the fanciest car but for what like why do we need these things why is it that we think we need these things these are things that have been conditioned into our mindsets um, from a young age but when it comes down to it you really don't need anything but good health, um, a great mindset in order to propel you to whatever you need, and then people that love you. I remember saying to somebody a couple days ago that um, the two resources that we have, that we have in abundance but we take for granted and don't value enough, are time, um, oh actually well there are three, time, 
um, our life, like in like our physical being, you know, in health. Um, and then like the earth, you know, like when you think of those things, there, there's an abundant amount of those things, but we don't take them, we don't value them the ways that we should. Everybody's trying to get more money, like get like more dollars. And more dollars is a great thing because you can do a lot of things with money. Um, but also when you get the money, are you using that money wisely? Are you using it? Um, are you using it in a way where it's purposed rather than just like spending just to spend? Some people think that being or living in poverty is the worst thing. But when you look at people who live in impoverished circumstances, sometimes that depending on where it is, like sometimes they're living better than the people that have all the money in the world. So just consider this, you guys, like. <laughs> Even if you don't have all the money in the world, you are rich in, in ways beyond beyond your imagination. You just got to treat your life as such. There are people who are dying on their deathbeds and like wishing that they had the energy to get up and go for a run. For, for the person that's been saying that they were going to get up and exercise for weeks, do it. You know, somebody doesn't have legs. Somebody is on deathbed. Somebody can't breathe. Someone's on a respirator wishing that they could do what you could do. Like, take advantage of the life that you've been given. Create the life that you want by simply doing the things that bring you joy. And then finding your purpose because life is too short to not know what your purpose is. And you were here, you were put here for a divine reason. And if you don't know what it is, it's time for you to find it. As you have heard the clip and y'all know I love y'all because I'll be putting all my business out here <laughs> on this podcast. This is not the first time that I am speaking about the beauty of letting go. In past episodes of the podcast, I've spoken about how I used to be a hoarder of things, <laughs> whether it be hoarding a mindset that doesn't serve me, whether it be uh, keeping relationships that no longer wish me well, holding on to general stuff, clothes, shoes, papers, like, I don't know. The point here is that we all fight change, but the moment we start to embrace it and let go of the things that aren't doing us good, or really because, you know, joy is at the crux of it all for me. When we're holding on to things that no longer bring us joy, we are actually fighting our blessings and we are perpetuating more of the things that we don't want versus the things that we do want. So for the next part of this podcast episode, I'm going to be talking about areas where we typically fight change and where it could really be affecting us more than we know in our routines, in our jobs, and in our relationships. Because you guys know, it's all about wellness as a whole, right? So let's get into it. Fighting change is normal. <laughs> it's human nature. <laughs> it's almost like a fight or flight response and a way that we keep our uh, survival levels up. And the reason why, well, there are a couple of reasons why, and I'm going to tell you what they are. Um, the main one being because we don't know what's on the other side. <laughs> How many of you guys can relate? Like you, you feel like you want to do something and you feel like what you're currently doing is no longer working and you're tired of doing the same thing, but you keep doing the same thing because you don't know what it'll be like if you change. And so we keep ourselves in this cycle of, uh, things that don't bring us joy and a cycle of things that may keep us depressed and a cycle of things that do not feed our spirit and a cycle of things that um, just generally don't 
place us where we want to be. But it's because we don't know. We simply don't know what's on the other side. Um, and then on the other hand, sometimes you find yourself in fighting change because you only know how to do things a certain way, like point blank period. You've never had an example of doing things differently. So you don't know what change can even look like. Maybe you'd be willing to make the change, but if you don't know how, it's very hard to know where to start. Or maybe you're one of those people who's seen change and you like the idea of change and you think to yourself, well, that change only works for those people or that change only works for that person. So you don't think that the same success or the same effects of that change could transfer and work for you. I don't know, maybe you're one of these people. You fight change because you don't have the time to figure it out, or you don't know how something different will work. In other words, it's not that you don't know how to change or you haven't seen an example of change, it's just that you're not willing to do the work. Do any of these sound like you? But wait, there's more. <laughs> I think that this is the biggest reason reluctant to do it sometimes. Because of fear and because of failure. But listen, the thing about fear is that, and this is not an original thing that I've come up with. It actually came to me in my devotional reading. There's no fear in love. As I was reading 1 John 4.18, it says there's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. This isn't new to the podcast. If you remember in episode 10, we discussed failing and how faith is always inviting learning. So no matter how you're failing, if you're doing it with love and empower, you're making progress. If you are feeling triggered or maybe a little seen in me sharing these areas where we fight change, know that you are not alone. I'm not going to leave you high and dry. <laughs> After this break, I am going to be sharing with you the art of letting go, sharing a simple three-step method that you can use to stop fighting change because it's limiting. All right, stay tuned. Our February 2021 LRM challenge is Facets of Love. Like a diamond, love has many faces in its meaning, how it is expressed, as well as how it's experienced. In the Facets of Love Challenge, we will be exploring and discovering new ways to love and be loved in an effort to gain clarity around all of our life's relationships. By the end of this explorative challenge, you will cultivate space for communication, understanding, vulnerability, and of course, more joy. Click the link in our description box to join the challenge. Take this 21-day accountability challenge to embrace healing and acceptance while creating a defined understanding of what self-love and intimacy within your family and life partnerships looks like for you. With this, you'll develop a strategy for embodying your love 24-7, 365. This way, you'll be sure to show up in the world radiating love in the same way you expect to receive it. Remember, the more participants, the merrier, and the bigger the cash pot and cash prize winnings. So grab a friend and get ready to transform in love, joy, and healing one feel-good thing at a time. We're back, and it's time to talk about the art of letting go. I need you guys to stop fighting change. Why? Because it's limiting. 
Instead, I need you guys to celebrate the joy of liberation over limitations. Here's the thing. Change can be scary, but it can also be so liberating. On the other side of change is growth, healing, and you know I'm going to talk about it, more joy. But there's also a piece of mind and wellness that comes with making changes that work for you and letting go of the things that no longer serve you. It creates room for more. And I know that we've spoken a lot about room for more because room for more is the January challenge for the month. But the truth is... When you are able to let go of the past and let go of the things that have kept you bound, you're able to then create room and space for more of whatever it is that you wish to manifest for the future, whether that be a new job, whether that be a new relationship. But more importantly, you create room for the Holy Spirit to work within you in ways that allow you to create immeasurably more than you could even begin to ask or imagine. But he can't give you what you want if you're holding on to things that you don't need. You feel me? If you are still with us, that means that you are here for this tea, honey, okay? I'm just kidding. It's not about tea at all. Unless the tea you're looking for is tips to activate this art of letting go. Um, So this three-step process is really to help you instill a liberation over limitation mindset. And it's really, really simple. The first thing you want to do in activating the art of letting go is to simply give thanks for the experience, whatever it was, (laughs) and note all of the ways that you benefited or learned from that very same experience, whether good, bad, or ugly. Here's the thing. When something horrible happens or when something uh, creates any time of friction or tension for us, we have a tendency to focus on the bad in the situation. But odds are there was probably also some good to be gained from it as well. Give thanks for those things because they were learning opportunities. So give thanks for whatever the experience was and recognize all of the ways that you've grown for from it. So let's go back to the routine example. Um, maybe you are someone who's kept to a morning routine for years and it was really awesome for a really long time. But then at some point, maybe you moved or you got a new job or something like that. And all of a sudden it seems like you're trying to keep to your routine, but things keep throwing you off. Like, oh, you're stuck in traffic or you're not able to get that morning cup of coffee. So the rest of your day is janky because you're going through coffee with caffeine withdrawal. I don't know. Um, (laughs) With routines, as I noted, they're really great because they give you order, organization and flow. But life happens (laughs) and you have to be willing to move with it when it does happen. So maybe you've been doing something that's been working for a really long time and it served its purpose and it's, but that purpose has become outdated or obsolete. Build off of the experience, take from the, what you learned in using that routine or that system for a really long time and shift in a way that allows you to create a new routine that works for you moving forward. The second part of activating the art of letting go is learning how to scrap the bad. Okay, sometimes bad things do happen, but 
when those things happen, you also learn from the experience. Take note of what the bad things were or the things that you didn't like or appreciate um, about that experience and remove them so that you don't fall into the same trappings or the same situations or experiences again. To illustrate this, I'm gonna go back to the job example. Maybe you're someone who's looking to figure out your life's purpose or your dream, or you're someone that's actively trying to um, find your dream job or create your dream job. Rather than staying at the job that you hate and just wallowing in your misery about how much you hate your job, look at all of your past work experiences and sift out the jobs that you hated from the ones that you love. It wasn't a wasted opportunity that you were at those jobs, even if you were there for years, because you learned things that you didn't like. And now that you know what those things are, you can avoid choosing those same types of things moving forward for your future jobs. This brings me to the third step in activating the art of letting go. Keeping the good. There had to have been something good about the experiences that you once had. Something that gave you warm, fuzzy feelings. If so, think about those things and double down on them. All right, so with this, I could use the job example again, but I'm going to talk about dating because, well, (laughs) dating is typically one of the hardest things to let go of when you've been in a relationship for a really long time and it didn't work out. Breakups are hard. And they also provide some of the best opportunities for learning and self-reflection. So let's say you dated someone for a really long time who turned out to be a dud. Um, But at one point you were attracted to them, right? There had to have been something that you found captivating about them, whether it was their intelligence, whether it was their personality, whether it was their uh, creativity, something beyond the physical. Maybe they were kind, creative, compassionate, or considerate. Or maybe it was the interest that they took in your work goals. Whatever those things were that initially attracted you to them, whoever they are, look for more of those things in your future partner. As you go on dates, look to find people or connect with people that possess more of those qualities and traits. And on the other hand, if you go on a date with someone that you see has zero of those traits, then it's time for you to keep it pushing, sis. (laughs) The world is full of so much bad all the time. If we're keeping those bad things at the forefront of our minds constantly, it's really hard to get past them so that we can move forward with the good things as well. So I hope that these three tips help you activate the art of letting go in your mind today. Give thanks for the experience, scrap the bad, keep the good, and keep it moving. For those of you constantly talking about what you're going to do, but having trouble actually taking action, it's time for a vision board party, party, party. We're going to help you craft a plan that will help you get your life together with love and anchored in joy. Join us for an LRM vision board party taking place on February 27th, 2021. Girl, you've been talking about the same goals for the past three years running. Now's the time to create a vision and put a strategy in place to finally make it happen. Let's tackle those goals together with accountability, love, 
and some supportive friends. Included in your ticket purchase to this event, you'll receive a complete vision board kit mailed to you. At the end of our event, you can expect to walk away from the day's activities, having reconnected with your identity in order to find what truly brings you joy. You'll also experience live interactive dialogue to help you cultivate a habit of joy for the next year and beyond. And let's not forget, conversation is a part of our Live Rich Movement mission. So we'll also be engaging in group conversations where we'll be sharing experiences and strategies to help you start shifting into joy immediately. All of the items will be shipped to you, so all you have to do is show up. Don't forget to bring some bubbly. Get ready to fiesta while we align with your 2021 vision, re-emerged, rediscovered, and recommitted to your joy. For more information on this event or to purchase your ticket, click the link in our description box or visit ericalassan.com slash vision party. We can't wait to see you then. Live rich and happy dream chasing. Recognize that the focus in doing these steps is not to simply forget about the bad things that happened, but it's to help you find liberation in moving forward versus staying stuck in the limitations of the things that have happened in the past. Because you cannot control the past. You can't change the past. And I know that it sounds really harsh to say, but what's done is done. So rather than focusing on what has been done, let's focus on what we have the potential to create for the future. This three-step process to letting go will help you find freedom in living by faith over fear. Any situation that may have happened in the past that feels imperfect to you is a perfect opportunity for God to show up because Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. That is also not an original. That that came from the Bible, 2 Corinthians 3.17. And to illustrate this art of letting go and uh, really finding the freedom in moving by faith, even in imperfect situations, I have this week's LRM excerpt, which is actually going to come from a devotional message that I had uh, the middle of this month. It comes from Genesis 28, uh, 12 through 17, and it's about uh, Jacob fleeing his brother Esau. Um, Let's get into it. All right. So just to give you guys a little backstory about what's going down in this part of the Bible's history, Jacob, the son of Isaac and the brother of Esau, has just stolen the birthright of Esau, being Isaac's firstborn son. And let me tell y'all, there was a whole deception situation going on that Jacob's mother was involved in. So they stole Esau's birthright, dressing Jacob up in hairy clothes to make him smell and feel like his older brother so that he could then go into his father's tent, who was essentially blind at this time, and so that he could receive his brother's blessing. It says, Jacob went close to his father Isaac, who touched him and said, the voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. He did not recognize him for his hands were hairy like those of his brother Esau. So he blessed him. 
Are you really my son, Esau? He asked. I am, he replied. Then he said, my son, bring me some of your game to eat so that I may give you my blessing. Jacob brought it to him and he ate and he brought some wine and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, come here, my son, and kiss me. So he went to him and kissed him. When Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, he blessed him and he said, Ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you of heaven's dew and of earth's richness, an abundance of grain and new wine. May nations serve you and peoples bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may the sons of your mother bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed, and those who bless you be blessed. After Isaac had finished blessing him, and Jacob had scarcely left his father's presence, his brother Esau came in from hunting. He too prepared some tasty food and brought it to his father. Then he said to him, Father, sit up and eat some of my game, so that you may give me your blessing. His father Isaac asked him, Who are you? <laughs> I am your son, he answered, your firstborn, Esau. Isaac trembled violently and said, Who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? I ate it just before you came and I blessed him, and indeed he will be blessed. When Esau heard his father's word, he burst out with a loud and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me, me too, my father. But he said, Your brother came deceitfully and took your blessing. Esau said, Isn't he rightly named Jacob? He has deceived me these two times. He took my birthright and now he's taken my blessing. I need y'all to recognize that there was a whole deception situation that was happening in that his mother, his very own mother, the mother of Jacob and Esau, Rebecca, was in on the whole con. So she helped her younger born son of the two twins deceive her husband. Do y'all know how messed up that is? <laughs> Genesis 28. So Isaac called for Jacob and blessed him and commanded him, Do not marry a Canaanite woman. Go at once to Padan Aram, to the house of your mother's father Bethuel. Take a wife for yourself there, from among the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. May God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and increase your numbers until you become a community of peoples. May he give you and your descendants the blessing given to Abraham so that you may take possession of the land where you now live as an alien, the land God gave to Abraham. Then Isaac sent Jacob on his way, and he went to Padan Aram to Laban, son of Bethuel the Aramean, the brother of Rebekah, who was the mother of Jacob and Esau. Verse 10. Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth, with its top reaching to heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All people on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I promised you. 
when jacob awoke from his sleep he thought surely the lord is in this place and i was not aware of it he was afraid and said how awesome is this place there is none other than the house of god this is the gate of heaven early the next morning jacob took the stone he had placed under his head and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it he called that place bethuel though the city used to be called Luz. Then Jacob made a vow, saying, If God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey I am taking, and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear, so that I may return safely to my father's house, then the Lord will be my God, and this stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house, and of all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. Okay, so there is so much to unpack with this, and I'm just going to read what I wrote because... It's a mouthful, and I want to make sure that I am communicating the thoughts that I received clearly. Okay. <laughs> I think about Hebrews 11 and how it talks about faith and how it manifests. Faith is constantly, actively working to create the things that we are believing in and the things that we are trusting for. With this, I think about Abraham, the prayers he made to God, and the blessing that God placed on Abraham and his family. The blessing is one that we now, even thousands of years later, can bear witness to, even though Abraham himself never got to see it come to fruition while he was here on earth. Though I am sure he's in heaven now, praising God for his faithfulness, as I'm even writing this. <laughs> the thing that has brought this to mind is today's reading of Genesis 28 through 31. So much took place in these chapters that had been prophesied and promised to Abraham. Not only this, but God himself reiterated the same promises to Jacob, Abraham's grandson, in Genesis 28, 13 through 15. This struck me for a number of reasons. First being that even in this space of uncertainty and newness, where Jacob didn't have anything figured out, he recognized that God was not only fully present, but God was also actively working for his good. Even though he, Jacob, didn't have anything tangibly and visibly to show for it. He said, surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. Then, even in his fear, he still acknowledged and stated, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. The significance of this is that Jacob was obviously scared, being in a transitional phase himself, but he was also excited and amazed by the potential of what God would be bringing him into during this next phase of his life. The second thing to note is that even with having nothing for himself at the time, Jacob vowed to tithe and dedicate a tenth of whatever he'd gain in the future. He spoke life, trust, and manifesting words into the next phase of his journey, even though he didn't know what it would entail. His instinct wasn't one of lack or scarcity or a failure, but one of abundance and expectation. This is how we should all see positions in times of transition, as an opportunity for God to show up and do some of his best work in our lives. Yeah, I could go on and on talking about the things that came to me during that time of reflection and devotional reading, but... I would be talking your ears off. <laughs> I think that you guys get the point. The point being that no matter where we are and no matter what is happening, there is, God is present. 
and he is actively working and always for the glory of his good. So when you're able to activate the art of letting go, even if there were things that have happened to you in the past or even in the moments where you're currently going through things that aren't necessarily going your way, recognize that there is intentionality in what's taking place. In some way, God is preparing you for something. In some way, God is delivering you from something else that you may not have recognized. In some way, God is fulfilling something in your life that needs to be done in order to further expand and glorify his kingdom. Take note of those things. Take note of the lessons that are gained in that time. Take note of the the blessings that may also come of that time. Take note of the people that you interact with and that you meet and the ways in which you're showing up. And above all, make sure that even in those moments that you're still operating in joy because your joy, your gratitude is what will manifest your deliverance from the situation. In praising God, in thanking him, no matter the circumstances, in praying from a position of of thankfulness, you will be delivered from whatever it is that you're going through, um, even if you don't understand it, but you'll be able to be delivered in a way that also promotes power. I hope that that blessed you guys today. And I'd love it if you guys could share some of your thoughts about this reading. If you happen to go back and read the chapters for yourself, because it is so good. This episode has helped you gain some clarity and joy about where you've been because it has no bearing for the potential of where you can go if you're able to incorporate the art of letting go. I'd love to hear about some of the things that you are letting go of in this new year. And while you're at it, share some of the things that you think the liberation over limitations mindset can help you in letting things go moving forward. Follow me across social media on Facebook, Instagram, and now I'm on TikTok now, y'all, at Erica Lasan, and we can keep the conversation going online. Lastly, if you liked this episode and found it to be remotely helpful in any way, I would so appreciate you sharing it with someone that you love today. If you'd like to learn more about how I can help you in your journey to purpose, finding joy, purpose, and healing in what's next, please visit my site, Erica Lasan. I'll catch you guys next week. And until then, live rich and happy game chasing. Bye.